up everybody welcome back to the championship leadership podcast this is your host nate bailey and i am uh, i'm extremely excited for our guest today uh, i came across this guest on the joe rogan podcast he's been on joe rogan's podcast uh, a few times just a powerful incredible story uh, from mexico originally grew up uh, got into uh, law enforcement and uh, just talking about all of the things that are going on, all of the experiences that he had uh, working for the government and, and combating the cartel, the, the, the numerous cartels that are in Mexico and, and just the current state of what's going on there. And then, of course, just, uh, you know, bringing that back to his experiences around leadership and, and some of the positions that he was put in and how he was able to get through those times. And now to do what he does today, my guest, his name is Ed Calderon. And uh, you can find out more about him on his website, edsmanifesto.com. And that's eds, plural, E-D-S, manifesto, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-O.com. I had to think about that for a second. But uh, with no further ado, I want to introduce you to the amazing and powerful Ed Calderon. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership Podcast. I'm excited today. We got Ed Calderon. Uh, with us and I uh, appreciate you being here. Ed, thank you so much for taking time. Oh, I appreciate you guys for the invite. Uh, yeah. Um, well, let's, you know, I came across you, you know, you've been on Rogan multiple times. I'm a fan of his podcast and, and a few others as well. Adam Carolla, I was listening to that a little bit, just getting ready for this. Um, but if you could, for those that aren't familiar with you, maybe just give us a quick backstory on, on kind of your journey and what you're up to today and how, how you've gotten to where you're at. Uh, born and raised in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, hometown, love my hometown. Um, grew up, uh, you know, a rebellious, uh, punk rock kid, uh, skateboarded when I was uh, younger, I was into street art. So it was pretty much a, you know, rowdy individual when I was growing up, was, uh, very interested in, uh, studying medicine, actually did two years of medical school and 9-11 happened and it kind of, uh, changed my plans. 
9-11 happened and the economy went went, to, went into the toilet and uh, I couldn't afford to stay out in medical school. So I had to look for an alternative form of employment. Uh, saw an ad in the paper. looking. They were looking for young unmarried uh, kids, basically, uh, that yeah. wanted to make, to make a difference. Uh, so I uh, uh, answered the ad in the newspaper, uh, did my interview, um, and then a few months later, I was uh, being uh, clean-shaven uh, and going through basically paramilitary type training that uh, that led that led to me uh, working in uh, law enforcement in the in Mexico for about uh, twelve years, uh, counter narcotics, counter organized crime, some um, high level executive protection jobs. Uh, basically, rode that first uh, big wave of the uh, drug war, as they call it, uh, from two thousand four all the way to. 2017 uh that, that that was kind of like the time frame that i was really active down there uh, after that i uh i, I uh, had to quit the job for 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 a lot of reasons uh security being one of them yeah um uh, and uh started uh kind of po- uh, figuring out that the experience and the skills that i kind of gathered over the the, the my experience uh and my time working down in mexico were bankable that i could actually kind of use them to show other people how to uh how to be safe how to be very prepared for some uh non-permissive environments uh situations where they might be at risk and and how they can you know basically take responsibility for their own security um start doing public classes in in the u.s and uh been very successful at it at it and uh kind of start slowly uh slowly but surely kind of spreading the word as, as far as what i what i got to learn down there and uh and bringing uh, and bringing attention to the uh, problems in, in in Mexico purely from the standpoint of somebody that experienced uh, experienced these things directly, uh, boots on the ground, uh, ground level experience, yeah. Um, and using my uh, conversational English that is completely learned uh, recently. Like I've, I've been I've been trying to get rid of the accent, uh, going through language training and stuff like that. So people mistakenly think that I was born in the U S or that I've been up here for a long time. So I've actually been up here for about three years. Okay. Very good English with not much of an accent, like you said. And, uh, we'll talk like, so yeah, I remember you hear, I remember hearing that story as far as, you know, wanted to be a doctor and then all of a sudden you get thrust into law enforcement and, and some of the stories you talked about with the cartel and the government and, and, uh, just everything going down there. And, from the outside looking in, just, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I just think like it's, it seems like you had to grow up very fast when you decided to, to go into that line of work. And then also it's just from what I've heard you talk about, just feels like the cartel was kind of the ones running the show down there and, you know, how, leadership, how do you know who to trust? Were there any real leaders that really did impact you and that were really trying to make a difference? Cause I've heard stories about how sometimes you just were told to, Hey, like turn the other way because of, I'm sure many different variables and reasons and the complexity of it all. But could you talk just a little bit about that, about like, what kind of leadership did you experience? Was it hard to know who to trust and not to trust and things like that when it comes to what you were involved in? Well, I think one of the main, you know, one of the main things you have to kind of start off with is Mexico normal is completely abnormal to most American mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, that's why I call it the upside down. Yeah, because it was really completely different than uh, than what most people would think. 
normal is a fluid concept in Mexico. Yeah. So when I first started working out there, um, it was very idealistic. I, you know, I did want to change things. Yeah. I did want to be a, a force of difference and, you know, put, put make, make an example out of my work and kind of inspire others and all that, all this amazing, uh, all these amazing things. But uh, I soon discovered that there's a giant uh, brick wall uh, of corruption, uh, kind of at all levels from high level, uh, federal to, to even the, uh, you know, the smallest levels, uh, street level wise, trying to find people to emulate and or leadership, uh, figures that I could follow was pretty hard at the start. I couldn't figure things out as far as who was on the up and up and who, who was, who was on the good guy side or who was on the yeah. bad guy side. I didn't even know what good guy or bad guy was. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, people that I used to work with uh, during the start of this whole thing were very much uh, compromised, corrupted uh, people that had people that had uh, interest outside of the uh, outside of the job that, that they were doing. But I quickly found out that uh, even 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 if they were corrupted, it was never a personal thing for most of them. One of one of them, you know, I was uh, I would say that uh, I, I used to pray every day before I went out. And uh, my mom used to used to kind of tell me, well, just realize that if you're going through hell, God not might not send you an angel, he might send you a devil. So, so be sure to keep friends in all places at least, or keep an open uh, yeah. keep an open mind in that regard. You know, pe people weren't against you; they, they were just for themselves. And um, that's the lesson I learned from uh, from from one of the one of those uh, devils that I got to meet it was hard to figure out uh, who to, who to follow, but it was, it was, it was a very basic, uh, at, at its very basic nature, it was just survival, everyday survival, um, trying to figure out uh, what to do and how to do it and how to not be owned by somebody on the outside from the cartels or even internal groups that might want to, you know, use you for their own, uh, their own agenda. In the midst of all of this, uh, this uh, chaotic uh, life. I found the uh, voice and the uh, example of Lieutenant Colonel Lezaola. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Lezaola was a very, very uh, important and uh, mentor figure in my in, in my early in my early career. He came out of the He came out came out of the War College in Mexico. Very smart individual. Uh, very driven. Supernatural, almost in, in his kind of drive. You know, he was one of the guys that would say, oh, you guys need to jog more. You guys need to run more to maintain your physical aptitudes. So we're going to go running tomorrow. And he would, be, he would be there out there warming up three in the morning, you know, for the mm -hmm. run at four. Um, interesting guy. Um, yeah. he, uh, he has a few uh, documentaries, I think one documentary on his life uh, called uh, Mexico's Bravest Man. Uh, interesting character. Bunch of his assassination attempts on his life. Uh, which tells you a lot about his uh his character yeah. um uh he was he was he was one of the guys that i saw kind of in, in the midst of all these uh these question marks as far as uh people he was one of the uh he was one of those true examples uh, kind of shine through all of it one thing i learned uh, early on by him is that uh you can't ask people to do things underneath your command and or your leadership if you can't do those things yourself I mean, at a ba at a very basic way. I mean, there's specialties and there's things that I can't do that I can ask somebody else to do. 
sure. that, I should, that I would need to bring somebody on. But at, yeah. uh, at, at, at a very basic level, basic, uh, asking somebody to do overtime, asking somebody to stay on during the holidays, asking somebody to do something very risky that they might expose the, their, uh, their own skin. All of these things, uh, he would always uh, basically lead by example, lead from the front not only lead from the front, but he would come down to a level where we could see that he, not, he was not only leading by uh, example, but he, he, there's a reason why he was there as a leader. Uh, he went through the fire um, mm-hmm. with all of us and not just the fire with all of us, but we would hear stories of his uh, exploits when he was younger. Uh, he would hear stories of uh, things that he did with other people and how he worked. Uh, from early age, we never heard it from him directly. Sure, we always we always heard it from people around him. So again, character is a presentation card that will travel with you, and you don't have to even open your mouth if you if you're if you're if you really put forth a effort to create it. Uh, so I think out of all the people that I met down there, I think he's he him is he is one of the the, the people that kind of shine through as far as the leadership example. Yeah, and it, it sounds like just with the circumstances, everything that you're talking about, you know, the good and the bad and the lines that are blurred and the fact that, you know, for whatever reason, right. Because of the fear that they might have for their family or whatever, you know, deciding, determining who, how they show up and, and for someone like who you just described, um, cause I'm sure all that stuff was very real for him yet too, but yet he still chose to have the, I don't know if you I guess call it the courage or the conviction to, to still stand and, and I, I, think, I, I think uh it was he was pig-headed yeah <laughs> he was stubborn uh um, have to be right but i think so i mean there's yeah. there's something to be said about that and like i i suffer from the same sickness it is a sickness uh-huh. you know yeah uh and I, when i say sickness i mean it's something that may uh, may give us benefits at, 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 in some parts of our lives but in other parts of our lives it asks a lot of us yeah yeah. In the case, in the case of him, I know his uh, personal life uh, was pretty, you know, marred. Um, sure. And also, uh, the last assassination attempt on him uh, took took the use of his legs. And he, even with that, he's still at it. You know, I can't. Uh-huh. He said, "We can't. I can't fight with my body anymore." So, yeah. I guess I'll have to go into politics. And so yeah. he's uh he's going into politics now. Okay. But uh, the drive aspect of it. You know, the stubbornness, <laughs> um, I, I get questions a lot about my, uh, my, my work down there. If I, if I was corrupted, if I, if I took bribes, if I, if, if I was on the take, all these things, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't, I couldn't work with the people that I work now. Like I, I I've, I've done classes at the FBI Academy and the Secret Service yeah. Academy and stuff like that. So I couldn't work in any of those places if I had. Right. Um, but, uh. It's interesting that people asking asking those questions or casting that doubt are usually people that have never been in anything remotely close to the uh, yeah. the experiences that I had. One of the people that I always point to as an example of that is Lieutenant Colonel Lazola. When I met him, he, he uh, I saw his house, and it's still the same house. You know, he uh, he uh, he he had a bunch of uh, public offices and. Most of the enemies he's had, both internally and 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 out there, as far as the cartels uh, go, were usually people that couldn't convince him of doing something the easy way. That's that's, that's that was his whole kind of uh thing. Yeah, 
you know, they offered him all this money to look the other way, which is a pretty easy thing to do. All you have to do is do that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, he was how, stubborn. How right? difficult was that for you to stay on that path and not to, I would imagine there was, it was really difficult, but well, maybe not. Well, I mean, it was, it, it yeah. even was, it, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it that it was, yeah. uh, seeing others look the other way yeah. and, uh, see, see the fruits that that brought. Uh, I remember going to, uh, meetings at the office and seeing, you know, brand new, uh, Hummer twos, H twos outside yeah. in the parking lot. Seeing, uh, being surprised to see some of the kids of the same people that I worked with. Uh, at the same private school that the governor's kids were at and just wow. trying to figure out how they can afford it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Suffering from, you know, like a, my nose has been broken a few too many times and yeah. uh, I struggled to gather enough money to kind of fix it. Mm-hmm. And, and then seeing a lot of, uh, you know, breast implants at the Christmas parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not easy, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's this whole concept of uh, silver and lead. The, the, the choice of plata or plomo that the cartels give you, basically, you're, or, or, or you work with us or, or we kill you. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. those aren't, but, but those aren't the, the only choices out there. I know yeah. because there's a lot of people out there that I used to work with that are still at it. Uh-huh. And uh, they still live at the same place they used to live. Yeah. Uh, some of them still drive their, their uh, bote pateado as as we used to lovingly call our cars, which basically uh, kicked canned cars. Okay. Right? Um, yeah. I think the, uh, it was a dangerous choice, Yeah. but, but all choices uh, related to that are dangerous, you know? Right. Right. Uh, you're either on the take, you go, right? Yeah. You're either on take and you'll get killed off by a rival gang. Uh-huh. You're right. You're either, you're either, um, you're either don't accept the offer and then get targeted later on. Uh, or you figure out a way to be political and work with people on the same mission and the same drive as you are and keep all of your work plainly in the open and document everything. Um, That was how I learned to work. And I learned to work like that from some people like Lee Zola. And um, I got out of it clean. When I say clean, I mean, I I, I never, I was never under investigation for anything other than uh, uh, anything other than the, uh, the, the, the things that come normally with a job like that. But uh, wasn't easy. Um, yeah, how many can you say uh, that you know that you worked with that are able to say that that, that were able to get out clean? Well, that's the thing. There's most of the people that I used to work with got out, but they didn't have the choices or the options or the okay. benefits that I had. Yeah, um, I, I got to uh, I got to migrate to the yeah. U.S. I had yeah. I had I had a legitimate claim to my uh, immigration status. None of them did. Mm-hmm. So they all, uh, they, they all went to work for the dark side, most of them. Um, okay. But uh, while we were there, like we, we were an example for nationally for, for a lot of the work we did. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mexico has a, has a problem with amnesia. Every five years, six years at times, uh, politics change. New president comes in and tries to solve the same problem the same way under a different name and a different color and a different flag. And everybody that was involved in anything positive or successful by the previous government uh, gets turned into a villain, um, gets persecuted. Um, we're seeing this now 
you know, there's a, there's a leftist a socialist uh, president right now in, in office in, in Mexico. And he's basically going after all the people that I used to work with because they were part of successes in the past. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Thankless, um, a thankless beast that has a, an amnesia problem that uh, every, every five years, just back to square one. Is it a, is it a feeling to just like, I mean, is there hope? Does it feel hopeless? Does it? I think, I think, I think, uh, I think related to the government in Mexico, I, I, I personally feel completely hopeless about it. Yeah. Um, I feel hopeless about the, the armed forces. I feel hopeless about the government. Um, not as people though, you know, uh, but, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see any solution to the problems down there that involve the government. That's how hopeless I am about it. Yeah, I think that they're pretty much the same head on. They're they're pretty much the same end, uh, the tail end of the snake when it comes to cartel problems in Mexico. You can trace it back to a cartel, and probably can trace it back to a high level politician. Sure, that's just the right. nature of the beast. And we've been in a cyclical war down there for decades now. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm a taxpayer now in the U.S. Yeah, so I can I can say this. <laughs> Yeah. I'm pay- I'm paying, and all of us are paying for that war in mm-hmm. different ways. A lot yeah. of money, a lot of money. Um, I used to be on the receiving end of some of that money, uh, um, some of those uh, U.S. taxpayer money that would go down to Mexico uh, to pay for the drug war. Um, companies like Ford Motor Company, Five Eleven, Colt, H and K, all the all these companies would make will will make and make a lot of money selling uh, you know equipment to the armed forces in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. That then get utilized in the in, in the uh, in the efforts against cartels down there in the same way, unchanged for the past two three decades. Yeah. And the problem's only getting bigger. Yeah. So somebody's not doing their accounting right. Right. We we were talking a little bit before we went live here. Um, you had the opportunity to be a regional sub commander uh, in charge of ninety seven uh, people. And at a fairly young age, 28, like talk about that experience, how, especially everything that we've been talking about and, you know, maybe not a ton of leadership to lean on and, and example to, to glean on and uh, just talk about that experience and what that was like doing what you were doing and being responsible for 97 other people. It, w- it was one of those things where, you know, you, you, I didn't, I, I wasn't actively pursuing any sort of a uh-huh. advancement in the, in the job. Like yeah. I was, during that time, I was pretty comfortable doing the work that I was doing. Adrenaline junkie. Uh, yeah. Not kind of differentiating leisure with work and just going out there and doing what I had to do and, and, and doing a job and kind of like just being on, on autopilot in that regard. A few things happened, some tragic things, and, and I lost a few, uh, a few guys. I was taking, taken out of, the, out, of, out of the fight, basically. I did such a good, I, I did a good job doing what, doing uh, the job that I used to do. Uh, and uh, they decided to reward me with a position, uh, a leadership position. It was surprising to me uh, because of what that leadership position kind of entailed. Uh-huh. Uh, but they basically gave me the responsibility over about 97 people at a, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Uh, I was in charge of about uh, 12 people. And then all of a sudden I had about 97. I was uh, named regional subcommander, uh, a position that is, you know, it's a title. 
Yeah. Um, the the re- I wasn't named commander because I was too young, according to their you know the ways that they did things, they, they did things, and the ways they okay. made advancements. And I, I I think I was too young to be a sub commander as well. <laughs> um, but basically, I was just put into this position where all of a sudden I had uh, all these uh, all of these voices and all these needs and all these people around me that I had to kind of follow and make sure that they were on the up and up and then a follow up on them, not just in their work lives, but also their keep tabs and eyes on their personal lives because of the sensitive nature of the work we were doing. Yeah. Uh, and there was no manual left behind by the guy that I replaced. <laughs> the guy that I replaced uh, was actually arrested, right? The guy that I replaced was actually yeah. arrested. Okay. Most of the, most of the uh, promotions that I got when I was working down there uh, were usually a, uh, were usually a product of people getting killed and or arrested. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of, that was my, that was my opportunity. So the guy that I replaced was arrested. Uh, but the manual, no formal leadership training at all. All I was doing is monkey see, monkey do type of activities when I was, as far as what I saw other guys doing. I uh, quickly found out that uh, there was a lot of things that uh, were just left to, this is the way that things have been done forever so this is how you do Uh, i struggle i struggle with uh with doing things that they uh have been done for a while so almost immediately i decided to kind of approach the whole thing uh from a different uh from a different from a different uh mindset um i had uh, 97 people uh, spread out over a whole state and uh i had a job to do and uh, that, that entailed a lot of things. So I started building and gathering a team of people around me, people that I trusted, uh, mm-hmm. people that had their people that I had a lot of experience, a uh, direct experience with. Uh, and I started uh, figuring out ways of delegating some of the responsibilities that I had now under under uh, that I had to kind of work with. So probably the first thing I did was basically form a solid team of people around me. Uh, people that had kind of the same background that I did went through some of the same things that I did. Uh, but also people that would strengthen my ability to do the, the leadership side of it, uh, because all of them had something, um, something that they were good at or something that they knew more than I did. Um, so there was no ego there. I remember that's something I learned from some of my mentors to not put your ego when you start selecting people for leadership positions. I mean, there's, there's always fear of being replaced, which is yeah. great. Was difficult to do, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one thing you learn early on there, is that uh, you go into a job knowing that it's going to end. Yeah. You're going to get killed. You're going to get arrested. Wow. Uh, or you're going to get replaced. Or you're just going to end, uh, end up quitting. So you go into the job just knowing that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always this, uh, there was this tradition we used to have when somebody would get a promotion. You, know, uh, you would get uh, two silver pieces or two silver coins. That's a, a death reminder. Things, are, things will end. Right. Yeah. So you would get one coin, silver coin when you started the job and the second silver coin when you ended it. Okay. It was a, you know, it was a weird creepy yeah. tradition, tradition we would have. Uh, but. Um, do you, you still know, have those coins? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, still, I, I, can, I can show them to you. I have them yeah. in a little box, but it was a, uh, it was a tradition that kind of like, uh, I think I think a lot of a lot of people struggle in leadership positions when they when they want to hold on to them, when they think they're going to last forever, or they or they or they want to cling on to these things. And 
uh, these things are transitory. Um, so I went at it with that mindset. I also went at it with uh, zero ego to shut off my ego. There's things that I don't know. So I brought in people that had more experience in the, in the field than I, than I did um, with a clear understanding that uh, if they turn out to be better at this job than I am, if they turn out to be a stronger uh, person uh, than I am for this job, and it ends up being between me and them, I'll, I'll graciously accept the uh, stepping down. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started off with a meeting like that. You know, just told everybody how, how I wanted to approach it. Everything was said, everything was spoken. So everybody was kind of on the same page as far as what we were about to do. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the amount of, uh, you know, kind of a stress or uncertainty that a lot of people have when the new boss comes in or the, uh, the new head, the guy in charge, you know, that was pretty kind of, everybody was kind of on the edge, you know, everybody was afraid to be fired or moved or, you know, maybe, maybe there was some favoritism by, uh, be, uh, behind somebody that was there before me. Uh, but I kind of made it, made a, made an effort to go kind of personally to everybody there and kind of talk to them about what I was about to do and why I was about to do it. You know? Yeah. I think that was pretty, that was pretty helpful. Yeah, that's important. Everybody at ease and putting everybody pointed towards something. Yeah. Um, started doing things that, uh, you know, again, people never did before, um, including um, uh, physical standards. <laughs> <laughs> physical standards was, important. I remember, yeah. very important. Yeah. Uh, so I started implementing physical standards. Um, I started implementing uh, family uh, get togethers uh, that are uh, work family get togethers. Okay. So they could all kind of start knowing each other. Yeah. Uh, outside of work. Yeah. So they were, there was more of a community building aspect to the stuff that I was trying to do with them. I started, uh, start educating, uh, different people in different positions uh, on what others, other guys did or what other people did. And, uh, in that way, sometimes I would find out that, uh, there was a guy in charge of a certain part of the uh, the job description that was actually better in in this area. Mm -hmm. So I start kind of started figuring out figuring out talent and you know some hidden skills that some of these guys had. And it's hard to do that if you don't approach each of them kind of individually and kind of right. do a conversation with some of them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes just asking the open question: Are you happy where you are? No. Where would you want to be here? Okay, I'll consider you. Let me write this down. Um, sometimes it's it, it, it's just a conversation, just asking directly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I started. Again, nobody showed me how. I yeah. had a few examples, but I, I I started kind of slowly figuring that out. Yeah, it's all you know everything you're saying. Just uh, all the conversations I've had around leadership and just, I mean, those the championship leaders. Those are the things that they're doing and getting getting to know other people and holding them to a standard and not afraid to make changes. And, and all the things you talked about, it's incredible. So, sounds like, it, you know, I'm sure trial and error is a big way that you figured it out, but also there's just some natural ability there that you just kind of figured that this was the right way to do things. Yeah, so I know you talked about like the sense of hopelessness and what you were doing and, and what's going on in Mexico. And then bring that to, to like today, like, um, and the purpose that you have with what you're doing and the difference that you are making. Do you feel like there is this, this bigger purpose that you have now in, in the classes? I know you work with the FBI, you work with the military, um, you also work with civilians and, and all of the different things that you're doing today. 
what's it like? What's the difference for what you're doing in the path you're on compared to, you know, when you were the regional sub commander in, in back in, in Mexico? I'll, I'll share something pretty interesting about, you know, being in that position and all, all of a sudden yeah. having it, having, having it end, which I, I think is not a lot of people talk about the end, you know, right. a lot of people talk about the beginning and the uh, yeah. ride, but they don't talk about the end uh, because the end hurts, you know, it's scary. Um, yeah. but, but, it, but it will come to all of us. Yes. Um, yeah. so I remember getting my second, uh, silver coin. The end of my job came with the end of an administration, basically. So everybody who was in charge in that previous administration was was um, was downgraded, was demoted, was moved, and um, I struggled with accepting the whole. Wait, everything's better. No, all these all these guys are doing a better job than they were doing before I got here. Why am I being uh, punished, right? Why am I being, uh, why is this being taken away from me? Uh, my work, I remember I struggled a little, uh, a bit with that. And then I met my replacement, you know? My replacement was young, uh-huh. And it was, uh, I could see, I could see a little bit of me in that, in, in him and his, uh, his approach. Um, I could see, uh, I could see he was trying to figure things out as well. Um, he was like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. So I sat down and gave him what was not given to me. Yeah. A briefing, a manual direction. And I basically went around and showed him how everything was being done and how everything worked and gave him my phone number and actually told him if he had any questions, he can call me any day, day or night. Um, again, taking ego out of it. Yeah. It was depressing. depressing. Yeah. Oh hell, you know, just all of a sudden you you Same had two yeah. yeah. You had two phones, uh, you had two radios, you everybody you were all decisions had to go through you and now you're completely out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh so the end was hard, you know, getting accustomed to that was pretty hard, you know, depression and all that uh stuff kind of uh and it kind of seep seeped its way through. But uh there's life after death. I think a lot of people, there's a lot of people that don't survive that uh, change, that don't survive that uh, that after. I had to look for basically a whole new way of living uh, after I stopped doing the job that I started that I was doing and uh, turned myself into a speaker, into an instructor. Um, there's a saying that those that can't do teach. <laughs> so I started figuring out that. Uh, in those conversations that I had with my replacement, that I had something to share with people, uh, and I've already and I I'd, I'd already been instructing you know for a while, uh, but um, when I went to the U.S. and started figuring out my own path and trying to make you know trying to make myself useful basically, which is has always been an obsession of mine. You know, if I'm not useful, I'm not I'm not who I should be. Right. So coming out of that, uh, you know, professional death yeah. and um, and uh, figuring out that all those mistakes I made, that all of the experiences that I had, that all the broken nose uh, incidents and all the uh, failures to check this or check that 
um, all these things were actually strengths, uh, were actually um, uh, bankable skills. Uh, they're actually things that people are after uh, as far as uh, learning experiences and, and um, consulting, all these things. So it was a weird uh, transition between that uh, past life and th this new life. Um, uh, getting into conversations with people that are about to embark on something pretty similar than what I did and just giving them a few examples of how my experiences led me to where I was uh, and seeing their eyes light up where I was, I was waiting for somebody to say something like this and here you go. It's like, well, I mean, thank you. You're welcome, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think, uh, again, uh, the end is not something a lot of people want to talk about. It's not a positive thing. It's not, it doesn't fit a lot in the motivation, motivational aspects of leadership and stuff like that. But uh, I always tell people there, there, there is an afterlife if you figure out the fact that everything is going to end as soon as you start it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't, it's, there's nothing wrong with the business failing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, going into a leadership position at a high level like the ones that I, the one that I was and being replaced. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's nothing personal. Uh, I right. think uh, I think what's wrong with some of these uh, these things is that you know people want to cling on to things. Um, so I was lucky in the fact that I figured out really fast that I had to change um, that I had to change my outlook as far as what I was doing. So I shifted to instructing, I shifted to consulting, I shifted to being a speaker, and I shifted, I shifted to basically taking all the stuff that I learned and sharing it in, in an open manner through my social media, through some articles that I've uh, been writing for, for a few magazines, and eventually getting, getting the attention of some high-level podcasters, and yeah. eventually getting the attention of uh, the FBI, uh, getting the attention of the Secret Service Academy getting attention to people that uh, saw some sort of value in what I was sharing. And it was not easy. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a, a lot of sleepless nights of trying yeah. to figure things out. Right. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there was a lot of failures, uh, a lot of false starts. But uh, I think eventually I found a stride going as far as uh, small uh, signals, uh, small emails small text messages from students that would come to a class i wouldn't hear back from again for a year sometimes more and then they would share some sort of life experience where some of the things that i showed them helped them through uh helped them through a uh, a bad situation that that gave me the enough of a push to kind of keep on going yeah i lost a lot on the way yeah um, I think, uh, I think if you're not losing, uh, things, if you're not sacrificing, you're not actually doing anything. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, right. What I hear you really saying is, you know, there was, there was the end of this position that you had and what you were doing, but really it was, it's like, it's just an opportunity for a new door to open, right? If you're open to it, if you can see it that way, not everybody chooses to see it that way. And obviously you did for whatever reason. Yeah, to end, it was like the best advice again to give anybody. Yeah, uh, when you when you're gonna, when you when you're starting off in any job that entails leadership, uh, just get a silver coin put in your pocket. Yeah, and, and remember you're gonna get you're gonna have to get another one at the end. Yeah, um, it also that's a pretty powerful thing as far as uh, 
going through high pressure situations, going through some of the uh, trials and tribulations of leadership. I think yeah. um, just when you when you know it's going to end, you know, the samurai had this whole philosophy of uh, seeking death in combat. You know, that's I'm not t- talking about doing that in, in right, uh, right, <laughs> but. Uh, but it's pretty. It's a pretty interesting concept when you think yeah. about it. Um, if you get the fear of the end and or failure, uh, that 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 uh, ultimate failure, the ultimate tragedy of your leadership position, and get that out of the way early, the sky's the limit. I think um, it just narrows your playing field. Yeah, I would think it would allow you to really concentrate on the task at hand and and the job that you have as well, right? Yeah. 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 Um, all the, all uh, all of the people that I learned from directly uh, from uh, governor that I that I that I got to uh, that I got to work with as far as his security to a uh, to Lieutenant Colonel Lisa Ola and some of the other people that I got to meet along the way they all kind of brought that same lesson with them you know yeah yeah I realize this is a this is this is temporary uh, this is a this is a position that's going to end yeah uh, but the best thing you can leave behind is a legacy yeah, an example. And yeah. if and uh, if you can have people reference you and reference your time in, in in a position of leadership, that is the best recognition you can ever get. And yeah. to this day, to this day, uh, people people still uh, reference back to me when I was there. Right. So I think that's a, in the end, that was a victory. Yeah, that's a testament to you and who you were as a leader. And that's a power. It's a powerful perspective. I haven't really thought of it that way or really had a conversation like that yet of just like when you're in that position sometimes you think it might go on for like ever and it's uh it's a much different perspective to just know that it's not and and we're gonna make the biggest impact we can while we're here do you got those coins nearby are you able to yeah i'd love to see them always keep them on hand for special occasions yeah Uh, was at the start okay um this was at the end Wow, that's cool. Yeah, uh, two Mexican uh, silver coins. Uh huh. Um, interesting tradition. I, I don't know where it came from, but it was a uh, it was shared with me, you know, and grabbed yeah. me by the back of the neck. And here, here's the first one. I'm gonna get <laughs> another one. Yeah. Uh, how long it takes for you to get the other one depends on. Yeah, it depends on you and the job that's done, maybe too a little bit. Um, as we wrap this up, like. What's, you know, is there something you can leave with the listeners or is there, you know, what's the, when it's all said and done for you and what the path that you're on right now, what, what do you hope, you know, the, the legacy that you've left, like you said, that's, it's, it's a, a powerful testament of who you are. What's when you get this next silver coin, right. To, to represent the end of what you, the path you're on right now, what do you hope that that leads you or, or lands? Uh, you know, I, if anything, I could, I, I'd like to leave people with the just very powerful advice and something I had I learned on the hard way. Uh, learning how to start is easy. You know, mm-hmm. be, the beginnings are easy. Endings are not that easy. Uh, usually, usually people that know how to end things or how to exit, how to leave a room. Even comedians have this, uh, you know, they know how to close a, yeah. close a good comedy set. Those are the guys we remember. Yeah. The guys that know how to close. Right. Um, so uh just just remember that nobody's against you. They're for themselves. Don't go into any job without uh without kind of really 
thinking about the fact that it's going to end. Yeah. And um, once you realize that, there's a there's a there's a very there's a very narrow playing field that you can work with uh, and can focus on. Uh, where I'm heading next, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clear direction and where I'm going to end up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm in a different state every weekend. Uh, travel. I'm traveling constantly, sharing constantly, uh, having conversations like the one I'm having right now with a lot of people out there. And uh, every time I go somewhere new, I want to learn everything I can from the people that I that I'm interacting with. Uh, always a student. Always a student. Um, and uh, take the risk. It's worth it. Whatever that may be for you, whatever that signifies to you, uh, just take the risk. Yeah, that's powerful. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, what's a few ways that we can follow you on Instagram? You're, you're pretty uh, heavy in Instagram and website, uh, maybe. Uh, www.edsmanifesto.com is uh, probably the best way you can follow me. Okay. Uh, everything's a calendar for classes, uh, some of the uh, online stuff I'm doing now. And uh, it's manifesto on Instagram. Um, that's probably the, the most active I am right now. Uh, if people want to check that out, uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you and thank you. It's been incredible. Um, thank you for the time. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, baby